Jack and Canned. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jack and Canned. We're going to give you a little bit of an NFL episode here. We're coming off the AFC and NFC Championship Week, and we are going to be moving into Super Bowl week. Now, for this week, we're not going to really talk about the Super Bowl because next week you guys are just getting a full-blown pregame of the Super Bowl. Me and John are going to talk it through. We're going to see if we can find some of the fun prop bets to talk about and just some random stuff that you guys might enjoy. But for this week, all we're going to do is go over the picks from last week, and we're going to talk a little bit about what we thought of the games because actually me and John got to watch the majority, at least the first game together. Yes, sir. And then the second game... We got to uh, we got to watch a little. I think you left somewhere during the second game. Yeah, somewhere during the second game. But we watched the full uh, pretty much first game right there with the Buccaneers yeah, pulling it off. What? That was fun. <laughs> Before we even break down what the games were like, just let me dive into the picks here real quick. So obviously only two games. So at uh, media's most tiring process we're going to go over these two games because i know it's going to be droning and it's really going to take a lot of time out of your day so for tampa green bay um well let's just do it this way we went win loss uh one and one i did have green bay beating tampa but i had kansas city beating buffalo for the spread i went two and oh nailed them both for over unders went one and one and the coin spark the coin went one and one So what that does for us for the entirety of the playoffs is that that makes me, let's see, two and four and three and one. That is five and five and seven and five. Sparky the coin, three and three, four, five. Sparky is five and seven. So Sparky cannot come back and win the playoffs on me here because, um, well, there's only one game left and Sparky's down two games. So Sparky the Coin will not be able to beat me with the Super Bowl pick. However, um, we can have some fun with it and pretend that the Super Bowl means more or whatever we need to do to make that a little bit more qualifying. Sparky did say in the last episode that the only game he cares about winning is the Super Bowl. He did. I heard him. So (laughs) one of the things, too, that I want to take away from that is I gave you guys all season that I'm so much better about weeks eight through 14 and that's where like six through 14, and that's where all the money comes from, which typically it does. This year was so backwards for me that I actually did better with my playoff picks than I did with my regular season picks. That has never happened. <laughs> I can tell you guys right now, I've been betting games even without money when I was a teenager, and I, w- <laughs> I would always make sure that I had my picks done every Sunday. And now... Not once did the postseason go better than the regular season. This year, total opposite. I actually had, I mean, it wasn't a great postseason, but it went good. I mean, it went better than any other one I've ever had. What was your biggest surprise so, with the postseason, kind of looking at it now? Um, I am surprised that Baltimore looked as bad as they did against Buffalo because in all seriousness, I thought Baltimore was the hottest team coming in there, and I thought that they were just going to absolutely demolish everything in their path and that the Chiefs were going to be the only thing that could stop them. And Buffalo just did a phenomenal job of keeping them to not generating any semblance of an offense. That wasn't something I anticipated at all. If you would have given me 100 tries for that game, 98 of them would have gone to Baltimore. I was shocked that that was the way that that went. So that one was probably the only one that I am completely shocked by. I am also, and not just being a Homer fan, 
but I am very surprised that the Seahawks couldn't do anything against the Rams. I mean, we're talking about Jared Goff with a broken thumb at that point. <laughs> we saw it the week after against Green Bay. He looked terrible there, too. And he didn't look good against Seattle, either. We just looked somehow worse. So, I mean, we fired our offensive coordinator in Seattle, and we're going to be moving on. They, they keep telling me Adam Gase, and I don't want Adam Gase. Yes. I really don't want Adam Gase. I do. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> but that's what I keep hearing is that it's going to be Adam Gase. And I'm like, can you please not do this? Colin Coward actually said something that made me laugh. He uh, he said that this is clearly Seattle's way of saying that they just hate Russell Wilson. Probably. <laughs> it's kind of what it feels like. I mean, Russ has not done anything but greatness for Seattle as both an organization and a city. And for whatever reason, Seattle's organization just keeps giving him this. Now, I don't want to get into the let Russ cook deal because I still stand by my statements early on in the season that we need to be able to run the ball. And what we really need to do is promote an offensive line. We need to be able to create an offensive line that can protect because if we do, then we can let Russ cook. But we have to build that offensive line. That doesn't just happen. Hey, Colbs, talking about uh, off season and maybe new coaches and stuff like that going over there to Seattle. I don't know if you uh, saw or care about the rumor mill of the Dallas Cowboys being possibly interested in Matthew Stafford. Uh, I haven't heard that. I've heard that he might go to several locations. I don't think that that's a move Dallas should make. I don't think so either. Would, they were asking no, for. Uh, I would like them to just stick with Dak. They were they were asking for like a what the heck was it a tenth round pick or a seventh round pick, and they wanted either Gallup or Cooper, which Gallup's contract I believe is coming up pretty soon. But um, I know they got a lot of depth in there, and they the receiving core. But the thing is, I thought they had Andy Dalton for a couple of years signed as a backup. Um, I think they signed him to a one-year oh. deal. Um, with that said, also, I will throw out there that there is no 10th round in the draft anymore. So that wouldn't be possible. Seventh but, round, yeah. Yeah, that that's fine. I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and just crush you for that one. That's not really any fault of your own. But <clears throat> no, I... I think that Dallas should just stick with Dak, ride it out, see how that goes. I I don't I don't think it's going to get them a Super Bowl, but I think it's their best current option because I don't think Stafford's really at this point of his career. I don't think he's much better than Dak, if at all. And I'd rather just ride out the guy that you already have, the guy that you've put somewhat of an investment in. I know that they just salary capped him last year, so he technically he can go elsewhere. And you don't have to re-sign him. But if I was them, I would. I would give him the shot. I don't see why not. And Matt Stafford at this point, although he is only, I believe, 32 years old, he's, <laughs> he I mean, he's been a that. good quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I know. I always feel the same way. I feel like he's 35. But <laughs> he, um, I mean, he's a good quarterback. He really is. And Detroit has made him look like a losing quarterback. But I think that's more so the organization of just playing for Detroit. So I don't want to throw Matt Stafford into a category if he's just exactly this, because I don't think that that's somebody that you can just toss in a box. But he does have a ceiling, and a ceiling, although I think is greater than what he has done in Detroit, I think that Dax is relatively close to comparative to what Stafford's got left. So since we actually killed a pretty good bit of time here, John, let me start breaking down these last games. Heck yeah. 
So the first place I want to start, obviously, is going to be the first game here with Tampa and Green Bay. And the actual place that I want to start here, John, is what do you think Bill Belichick makes of that game as he's watching it? Because you know he is. Oh, yeah, he definitely is. Oh, you know, he's he's plotting and planning for next year. That's a guarantee. But what do you think he's absorbing as he watches that game? Uh, he's just probably just sitting there just stewing, just being like, damn you, Tom. Damn you, Gronk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually do think similarly. I, I don't think that Belichick by any means is rooting for Brady to win this one because that's going to make Belichick look about as bad as it can. Granted, you're not going to take away the Hall of Fame from Bill Belichick. He absolutely deserves that. It's not. This isn't something where the winner of this divorce wins everything and then the loser gets nothing. They both get Hall of Fame bids regardless. But we're talking about potentially the greatest coach and what I have to think is the greatest quarterback so far of all time. And I look at what Belichick views this game as, as just nothing more than frustration because Belichick's got to be looking at this in a way where it's almost like when you get rid of something, uh, say for example, if you divorce a woman and she goes on to then marry, you know, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. That's a super <laughs> random, a little bit. super random person to choose too. Well, <laughs> what happened in your dating history, Colts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, point of it being is that he moved on and he still has found perfection and you're stuck in a place where all of a sudden you're dating who I I don't even want to say a name here. I don't want to poop on anybody, but you're just dating some girl Brooke that lives down the street. And yeah, she might be kind of cool, but it's not the same. (laughs) Yeah. You're not living the star luxury anymore, Mm -mm. but I, I can't help but think to myself, Bill Belichick has to feel terrible about this. Now, when I look at this game all in all, Brady had a pretty solid game. He did have three picks, but I don't think that they were necessarily bad interceptions for the most part. I don't think that Brady looked like he was struggling out there. And granted, he also didn't throw for much more than 50%, which is a little unlike him. But considering they only had 76 rushing yards and they really didn't gain anything throughout any semblance of offense that wasn't Tom Brady creating it, I think that what they did was really, really nice for them. I mean, I know Fournette had a couple of runs here and there that looked really cool, but at the same time, they they didn't really steam together any type of game that would make you say, oh, Brady didn't do a whole lot. No, Brady pretty much ran that offense. So when I look at this, I, I look at this in a way where Brady just did what Brady does and he got a win. It doesn't matter how he gets it, but this is what Brady does that nobody else can do. And when you look at the way that the defense played, they had five sacks and Shaq Barrett had three of them. Jason Pierre-Paul had two of them. They were able to just constantly put pressure on Aaron Rodgers to disrupt him from his game, which conversely, he had uh, 346 yards, three touchdowns and a pick, which sounds pretty cool. But the team itself only had 67 rushing yards, so it was all on Aaron. He had to drop back and throw 48 times, again, all on Aaron. And you didn't give him anything that would help him out. I The only thing that they really had on a defensive uh, pressure is they had one sack and they had two picks from Jair Alexander, and then they had another pick in there somewhere too. I just wish that Green Bay would have showed something to show that 
they don't need to just be the Aaron Rodgers Packers. They, they need to be the Green Bay Packers. They need to be a full team. And they haven't been for so long. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen play. He's been to the Super Bowl one damn time. That's they, wild. This comes down to a lot deeper. That is wild when you think about it just once for freaking Rodgers. I saw that I saw his um record. What the heck is it? The um NFC divisional game. Was that what it was? Technically. Maybe. Yeah, he was one in three. I'm like, how is that even possible? He's so damn good. <laughs> yeah, it's one of these. It just will uh, throughout time. It really one of the things that sucks about this. This will get lost in history. You're not going to look at Aaron Rodgers as a playoff performer because he has been he's had playoff struggles. But it's not that Aaron Rodgers isn't good in the playoffs. It's just that he's never had a team formulated around him that can really get the entirety of the job done. And this year, I think, really sucks because I think the team was there and the coaching wasn't. What were they doing with that field goal at the end? Oh. I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't understand that. And You wanted them to too, go for it badly? They should have yeah. because, I mean, in all seriousness, you're down eight points. And even though I'm one that can say take the points, I don't get what they were doing there. And I, also, I don't know why Aaron didn't run it on that third down play. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember that. your yeah. reaction to it. You could have ran. He could have ran. <laughs> yeah. And I was just waiting he, for the announcer he, to come in and go, sacked, sacked. <laughs> that would have been fun. I just I don't get it. Even if he didn't make it to the end zone, then all of a sudden you have a fourth down very close to the goal line, even if he doesn't get in. And that's something that you can play with. You can do all sorts of different stuff. You get a little play action. You've run a guy out to the flat and a guy at the corner out, and you have a couple of options. You have a guy crossing across the other side of the field. And I, I think that that gives Aaron Rodgers enough options. And keep in mind, maybe he might be able to run it from there too. So I don't know what Aaron was thinking, but really I don't understand what the coaching staff was doing there by kicking the field goal. And Aaron had said it himself after the game, granted a little bit passive aggressively, but he did the thing where he's like, well, I didn't have a decision. And it's like, uh, I hate that he does yeah. that, but at the same time, uh, that that was that was a little rough. I mean, he, he didn't need to do that, but also I understand it. You're coming off the heat of the moment. You should. I mean, they were the better team. They should have won that game. And you're sitting, now you're going home while Tom Brady's going to his 10th Super Bowl. And yes, actually 10th. That's not just that is insanity. That's insanity. He's won <laughs> six of them already. He has. I mean, Tom Brady, there's no way to say that he's not the best quarterback that's ever existed. The only guy that might compare is in the future, and his name resides in the other game. So we're going to move over to that real quick. Ooh, nice we're gonna transition, Coles. Uh, thank you. I, I like to think of myself as a real wordsmith. I take words and make them into sentences. And guess what, Coles? You you're a wordsmith, but guess what? I'm going to hack it and ruin it on you right now. And I already did because I intervened. No, I just want to point <laughs> this. I want to point this out there, though, too, is um, go ahead. Take a look on YouTube. There's an awesome. Well, it's a funny video of Gronkowski and uh, Brady. Uh, after the game when they were on the Patriots oh, the Super Bowl, and then there's one of them on Tampa and the only difference is they're doing all the same facial gestures and everything it's just uh Rob just lifts up his shirt and it just says NFC <laughs> and I'm like yeah, I saw, I saw that that so all I can think of is cool. what you had broke down for me the other week with the NFC thing See, because he had said AFC and I think it played into that pretty good so just kind of had to bring that up anyways Gulbs Go ahead, take it away, homie. I thought that was gold. <laughs> no, I actually, I loved that. And um, looking at this, so the Buffalo-Kansas City game, 
this thing got out of hand quick because Buffalo went up 9 nothing, and from there, Mahomes said, oh, yeah, just give me the ball. I'll figure this out. I mean, we had Josh Allen going 28 for 48, 287 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Not his best game this year. The team didn't really rush for anything outside of what Josh Allen himself did, seven for 88. Cole Beasley had seven catches, 88 yards. Stephon Diggs, who... This is something that I think is a little underrated in this story is that Stephon Diggs was six for 77 yards. They found a way to cap off what Stephon Diggs could bring to this offense, which hasn't been stopped all damn year. So they were able to take away Josh Allen's best receiver for the most part. Granted, not all game. He got six catches, but that's not the kind of numbers you expect from Stefan Diggs, especially in an AFC championship game, unless they're winning by a wide margin. So when I looked at what Buffalo did, I looked at this and said, that's still a team that has flaws. And one of the major ones still comes down to Josh Allen in crucial moments. There was a point where he ran back one of the later drives of the game, and he took like a 30-yard loss on a sack because for whatever reason, he just runs straight backwards when he doesn't know what to do. (laughs) I don't understand how that is what his thought process is, but he wants to keep the play alive so bad that he just makes stupid plays. And I love Josh Allen. I love watching a play. He's got this cannon of an arm, but you cannot run 30 yards in the opposite direction. That's just not how you're going to win a football game. So playing against what is the team that is better than your team, Kansas City, you have to find a way to outplay them. And yes, it's damn near impossible. It might be impossible, but you cannot make those kind of mistakes. So when Buffalo went up 9 nothing, I mean, from there, it was just Kansas City's game because Kansas City got a little kick in their ass and decided, okay, we're going to go ahead and play football now. Patrick Mahomes went 29 for 38, 325 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. They were able to keep the rushing game pretty well balanced where they were able to accumulate 114 yards. None of it was all from one guy. They had uh, one of their guys had 52. Somebody had 50. I, I didn't write down everything, but I saw that it was well balanced is what I would say. Now, from the receiving core, They got Tyreek Hill going nine for 172 and Travis Kelsey 13 for 118 and two touchdowns. How the hell do you defend those two guys? You got the fastest guy in the league. No, you can't. You got the fastest guy in the league and you got a tight end that's basically younger Gronk. There's no Mm -hmm. way to defend these two. There's nothing you can do. This would be like if Brady had Gronk and Randy Moss at the same damn time. That's kind of what it looks like on the field. And it's just incredible. And you got Patrick Mahomes who might have – he's still to this day for me, and I say this as if he's been playing for 10 years, but he has what I believe to be the best arm I have ever seen in football. I've never seen a release that just looks so damn precise every time it leaves his hand. I'm like, oh, that's a touchdown. Just every time it comes out of his hand, he might be throwing a screen pattern. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I think that's going for six. it just I trust I can only think of one other does. person actually two other people that had a better arm in football uh, the first one is Jay Falco and the second oh, one will be Adam Sandler in the longest yard every time that they threw the football uh, yep. it was a touchdown and uh, yeah Nelly yep, was an awesome point. running back too that's my take <laughs> Nelly was a good running back <laughs> He you played did. the role well, man. I, I really like that movie. <laughs> I did too. Coles, we got to get together and watch that movie and have a couple of cold ones. <laughs> yeah, I'm down hey, for that. So that. That would be pretty I, cool. I know that you gave some but, 
analysis on the games, right? But who do you want to actually, who do you want? Not statistically speaking, not who do you think is going to win, but who do you want to win? This one's tough for me, John. Uh, Two reasons. So Brady is, as I said, the best of all time. And I very much root for Brady, even when he's annoying to the majority of America, just because I... Yeah, I get it. I mean, I I understand why people hate him, but he is so good, and I root for greatness. So I like to see the greats continue, but at the same time, I think we have a baby Brady that might even... I I mean, he's more talented (laughs) than Brady. Brady. Oh, there's been some good memes out there. I'll have to show you after. But there, I think Mahomes is what could be potentially the best quarterback that's ever played and he just hasn't played long enough to make that happen. He absolutely has a chance to. So I want to see a great game and whoever wins. And I know this is a little bit weak. I just haven't made up my mind of who I'm rooting for here. I think I'm going to end up rooting for Tampa because chances are, I'm going to watch this game at Tony's house. If he'll allow me over because I know he's a Bucks fan. And that's the other part of this too, is I grew up a Bucks fan. So I also do want to see Tampa win. I just I can't root against Mahomes so either. That's where you it gotta gets at least off pick, center. So you don't want any of them to win. If there was one side that had to favor more, I want them both to win. The problem that's ultimately where my demise falls because I just don't know how to pick between the two because I love them both so much. Like if it wasn't going to be Seattle, these would have been the two teams. I would have been like, yeah, I'd like to see them win. And now that they're there, I'm like, damn it, I I don't know what to do. Like I love both of these teams. I love both these quarterbacks. Yeah. Coles, I don't know if you're recording anymore. John, you're muted. <laughs> John, you're still muted. John. Now I could barely hear you. Did you cut out? Did did you do you see your lines in the whole previous previous uh all right. Yeah. I did. I, I all, all right. Of a sudden so it looks like you. my internet connection might be uh, cutting out here. So, <laughs> <laughs> John just moved, guys. So John we might have moved. some uh, technical difficulties. So we're right about that point, anyhow, Colbs. When it comes to wrapping this up here, yeah, that that works for me. Let's go ahead and get. We're gonna. You guys don't know this. We're gonna record back to back. We're gonna do our normal episode now, right after this. Me and John. Uh, well, we'll talk about it more in the next episode, ladies and gentlemen. Jacked and Canned. This was Jacked and Canned. Tune in to new episodes on iTunes and check out what the boys are getting themselves into on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Jacked and Canned. Presented by No One.